Thanks for listening to The Last Days Podcast with Dr. Todd and Katie Holmes. To stay connected, please check out the River of Tri-Cities Church on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, or online at riveroftricities.com. The Last Days Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Now, here's Dr. Todd and Katie Holmes. Thank you, Jesus. Tonight, I want to continue on with a series that I started, thank you so much, gentlemen, a series that I started a few weeks ago called The Dark Realms. And again, this is, uh, has nothing to do with talking about natural light or everything like that, and it's, it's not intended to be a spooky subject or anything like that. I'm not into ministries that try to play on people's emotions and drama and and everything like that i just want to i just want to expose the enemy for what he's trying to do in the lives of so many believers and where this message came from is that i've seen it over the course of decades of ministry how you have people that are called out of darkness, the Bible says, into his glorious light, and they they step into the light of the Word of God, and they have fellowship with others in the body of Christ, and they begin to they begin to do great. They begin to progress and, and wonderful things begin to take place. And then all of a sudden you you see an issue develop here, an issue develop there and and, um, and then all of a sudden you stop seeing the growth in their life. Maybe you've encountered somebody like that before. And you, instead of seeing growth, you kind of watch them become like, like spiritually stagnant for a little while. They're not taking ground anymore. And then it's like in the same way that they were taking ground, then all of a sudden they begin to slide back. And after a period of time, you can look at their lives, you go like, what, what happened? And to be real honest with the amount of people that my wife and I have counseled and prayed with and ministered to over the years of ministry, I'd have to tell you that many of them say, I don't know how it started really. I don't, I don't know what happened exactly. So I, I just like, God, you got to show me. Because if people follow you, yours is the path of life. And so I know if, if people continually follow the path that God leads them on, you're not going to be taken out. Just know that, please. Every single one of us. If you will continue, if I will continue to follow along the path of life that God sets before us, we're going to be okay. You're going to be fine. It's not that there isn't some bumps in the road. Okay? That, you know, there's things that have to be dealt with. But you're going to arrive to your destination 
And you're not going to get there like this, you know, I got to heaven by the skin of my teeth. Or, you know, just, you know, scratching and, you know, trying to get there and everything. It was, it was so difficult. I believe. I've committed my life to the Lord. And I believe that what I commit to him, he's able to keep. The Bible says he's able to keep that which I have, what's the next word? Committed unto him. That's the key. Committed. Committed unto him. I start to see if I had a key. I don't have a key. I have a little, I have a little pocket knife. And so, if this was of great value, I came up here to Brother Gary and I said, you know what? I'm going to commit this to your care. And he were to say, okay, I will, I will take care of it. And if I gave that to him, I could walk away from it, committing it to him with the promise that everything's going to be fine. If ever you need this, it's right here. You can come back for it. It's going to be just like you left it. God doesn't take your life that you give to him and go like, I've seen better ones before. <laughs> Whatever. He doesn't do that. And I want to tell you, you may have heard me say before, in this church, we don't have a Kleenex mentality of people. Where, oh, you're used. Goodbye. Anybody here ever used a used Kleenex before? What do you do if you see a used Kleenex? You'll pick it up? Most people won't even pick it. They'll get another Kleenex to pick up that Kleenex. I'll only take one out of the box to handle that one there. Is that true? Because it's like, I don't want to touch that. There's so many people's lives that have been tossed aside. So many lives, just in this area here, they're tossed aside. People like, you know, and a lot of people around here, they've, They've been tossed aside, and they've been in churches and everything else, and it's like, well, you know, nobody knows me, nobody, nobody likes me. That's not the heartbeat of God. God loves people. Amen. God doesn't just love people. God likes people. Amen. He sent Jesus Christ, his only son, to die for people. And so when, and whether, whether a person looks perfect or whether they don't look so perfect, whether they look like a new Kleenex right out of the box, oh, I'll use that one, or that one I think somebody's had a hold of. That one someone has totally, totally used it. Looks like that Kleenex was a revival Kleenex. <laughs> you know what I mean by that one. See, that's it. That's it. Yeah, you're like, pass the box, please. 
revival Kleenexes. But God doesn't really care what somebody looks like. He just wants to touch every person's life and to change them. But we have to commit to him our lives. That means give it and say, you take care of that part. If I commit something to somebody, I don't have to go back every five minutes and say, hey, you still got it? Is that okay? Is that doing okay? How's my knife? Let me see it. Let me hold it. All right, it feels the same. Okay. Some people give their life to the Lord and they're like, oh, I got to take it back for a little bit there. All right, God, I, I, give, I give you my, Lord, I give you my heart again. I give you my soul again. 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 It's like I got saved with you know, dot, 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 ellipsis, you know. This is, you know, a continuation of giving my life to him. Well, we can continue to turn things over to him. But our life as a whole, as far as continue to turn things over inside of us. But our lives need to be given to him completely. And then as he has them, and we say, Lord, I commit my life to you. Anything that needs to be done inside of me, Lord, would you do it, please? Have you committed just the outside of yourself to God? Or have you said, Lord, work on anything that needs to be worked on in me. Clean me up. Change me. Work things around. Do whatever needs to be done. Because that's really where we need to be. And so over the course of years, we'd see different ones that would come to my wife and I say, I don't know, I don't know what it was that really started me on this path where I am right now. We get, and, and we get contacted like constantly, things like this. Just a couple of weeks ago, another one. Another precious couple. He's like, help us. What, what are we to do? He's like, what's going on? And like, we're sometimes shocked, speechless at what we hear. You know the scripture. It says, you were running so well. What hindered you? You ever read that? Well, there's only one major hindrance and that would be the enemy as he comes and he tries to insert himself in an area of your life but for him to work effectively you can't know it's him isn't that true though Kayla for it to work effectively you cannot know that it's actually him working That's where this message came out of, the dark realms. Because it's in those realms of spiritual darkness where you don't see all the movements of the enemy. You don't even understand what's all going on. Sometimes people, there's things going on in people's lives and they don't, they don't even realize how the enemy 
has been working. Now, someone from the outside, I can talk with people, and they can tell me, oh, da, 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 and see, I'm fine. And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> no, 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 actually, you're not. Yes, I am. Well, let's look at the Word, okay? Let's just go back to the Word of God. Because I've just got to, I've got to keep going back to the Word. This is what the Word says. And if we're going to compare anything, let's just compare where we are to the Word of God. Is, is the Word of God working here? Is it working here? Is it, is it working over in this area here? We have digital maps on our devices now. And so if you're going to travel anywhere, you go to your little map app, and you put it the address in, and it's going to tell you how to get there. It's going to give you step-by-step instructions how to get there. Every turn that you need to make. It's going to tell you the projected time of your arrival down to the minute. Is that correct? And you, under, you understand it. And so we've relied upon these now for a few years. And it's just like, well, I, you know, I can tell you. This is, this is the way it's going to be. I remember when I was young, we used to take road trips as a family. And before we would go, a day or two before we would go, my, my dad would be sitting at the dining room table with a big Rand McNally map. A map of every state. And he would map it out. You know what I'm talking about, some of you. All right, we're going from here to here. Let's see, from that point to that point, it says that's... 43 miles, 43 miles, all right, then from that point over this dot here, 22 miles, and then, okay, and then we're going to do this, and going to do that, and everything, now, it doesn't keep track of all the latest construction happening, though, my dad was so good at winding us up in a place where there was construction going on and getting lost in the deepest, darkest parts of the hood somewhere. <laughs> Every trip we took, my mom was like, lock the doors. We're in another city and our lives are in jeopardy. Wes, why are we here? I was following the map. How were they supposed to know there was going to be construction here? They changed all of the exits and everything like that. The Holy Spirit knows where you're supposed to go. He's got everything in your life chartered out. There may be unexpected things you deal with, but the Holy Spirit is never at a loss as to how to get you through that situation. As long as you won't turn him off. And start doing it by your own mind. That's where most Christians get off. And when they get back on the road, they think they're still on the highway. Because the scenes are pretty much the same. But we're on an alternate route. 
and we're a little bit off. And the path that this other route takes now is just veering a little bit off more and more. The beginning, it can only be, I mean, it can just be off just a little bit. But you know, if you're, if you're flying, if you're on an airplane and you take off, and your projected destination is only one degree off, do you realize you will not get to your destination? Because the further you go, the further off you are. Back many years ago, that happened to, that happened to a commercial airliner. It got off. It was two degrees off in its calculations. Flew in the North Korean airspace. They took it out. Commercial airliner, just a simple navigational mistake. Everybody lost their life. Well, you know what? We were kind of heading in the right direction still. Yeah, but you went in an area that you weren't supposed to. A vital key that we handled last week. A vital key to overcoming the enemy is humility. Saying, God, I can't do this on my own. I can't figure it out on my own. Lord, I need your help. Only when we're humble and we submit ourselves to God, we dealt with that this morning, submit yourself, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You can't just start resisting without submission first. And a humble heart submits itself to the ways of God, the plans of God, the things of God. And then, when we do that, then we can understand how God is going to keep us. We can entrust everything to Him and say, Lord, this is, it's safe with you. To humble yourself, to humble yourself, is to refuse at times to defend your image. All of us have an image of ourselves. Whether you like it, whether you admit it or not, every single person here has an image of their selves. It's actually the image of the flesh. I don't have to have an amen for that one. I'm just telling you. That's a factual statement right there. This is how I see myself. Well, is that how others see you? Well, you don't know. Is that how God sees you? But all of us have an image of ourselves in the flesh. And to humble ourselves before God, we've got to take that image of the flesh and we have to say, God, this no longer matters. I give that to you. I actually die to that image. I'm no longer interested in any way whatsoever, Lord, in defending that image. People say, hey, you know, da-da-da-da-da about you. No, no, this is how I see myself. That couldn't be right. Well, no, this is, this is, this is what everybody else saw. It's just like one thing I 
realized when I was in areas of management some years ago and getting applications and everything, that's the closest to perfection anybody ever gets, a job application. <laughs> I would look at people's job applications. Do you walk on water? <laughs> Be like, I find no fault in him. Because that's an image of ourselves that we want someone else to see. You don't have to sell yourself to God. Because he knows the truth. He knows everything about you. Amen. God knows you snore. Still loves you. Even though you say, no, I don't. When you get to heaven, you'll find out. God will say, yeah, he's even causing a racket up here. So we've got to submit ourselves to God. Then we can resist the devil. Another thing outside of humility is something that we'll call tonight the thought or idea stronghold. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, you read this scripture before I know it says in verse 3 for though we walk in the flesh we don't war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds pulling down of strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Say the word every. Every. Every thought. Bringing every thought into captivity. Do you know how many thoughts you have every day? Do you know how many thoughts you just had? After I said that, you have an amazing mind that doesn't turn off. It just keeps going. That's why you dream at night sometimes. That's why you dream at night, period. You only know about it sometimes. Our mind was made to not turn off but because it's always processing many of us are not aware of the processes of our mind and what all goes into our thoughts how many of you ever caught yourself this is rhetorical don't raise your hand don't point to anybody How many of you have caught yourself thinking thoughts and then thought about that thought? Why was I thinking that? No, it's rhetorical. All of us have done that. Every one of us. Why was I thinking about that? Where? Does this sound familiar? Where did that thought come from?
And then the enemy will join in and say, you are scum. <laughs> what kind of a low life are you thinking of thought like that? How terrible. And you call yourself a Christian? In fact, if I were you, I wouldn't even go to church for a month. <laughs> because you just have that doubt. What a terrible thought. You could contaminate other Christians. Stay away from them. In fact, if they knew that you just had that thought, no one would ever talk to you for the rest of your life. They could see the deep, dark, stinky recesses of your thought life. No one would have anything to do with you. That's the devil talking. Amen. He's the accuser of the brethren. There's no truth in him, but he pours it on thick. And unfortunately, he doesn't shut up either until you resist him. But if you're not submitted to God in your thought life, then you can't resist him. If you haven't taken those thoughts captive and said, no, in the name of Jesus, that does not belong to me. Satan, you dropped a Kleenex. Landed on my head. This is not mine. Paul here, he uses the word stronghold in verse 4. He uses it to define like a spiritual fortress that Satan uses and his legions to hide and and to be protected in. Okay? And so these, these, the stronghold or these fortresses, they exist, they exist in in patterns of our thinking and, and in ideas actually that govern us. And most believers don't even realize, because you're, you're thinking about, today my thoughts please God. And so today I'm okay. But sometimes we have to realize how, you know, the enemy has tried to infiltrate our lives before we even knew he was doing anything. And we have to understand sometimes after we've been born again, you know what? I, I've, dealt, I've dealt with these thoughts for as long as I can remember. I just thought this was what every believer had to deal with. Some people deal with stuff that they think is normal. But I want to tell you, The enemy wants to deceive you and make you think you have to continue in thought patterns and and systems of thinking that actually have nothing to do with the kingdom of God and that you always have to be in protection mode. But I want to... I want to tell you that 
we're going to root some things out here tonight, okay? A stronghold is a, it's a defensive place for the enemy to dwell, okay? It's where demonic activity actually is defended because we have at times sympathetic thoughts towards evil no okay now we're believers here we're like no <laughs> pastor todd that couldn't happen nobody here would have a sympathetic thought towards evil well it just depends upon what you've been involved in and what your flesh likes and what you've made a decision to tolerate that actually you know in your heart goes against the word of God but you don't think you're big enough to stand against it so you just let it ride I know I'm just talking to people that are watching online so <laughs> Christians can be oppressed by demons okay um, and they can occupy unregenerated thought patterns things that are not have not been submitted to the Word of God because there's some there's some thoughts that we have as a born-again Christian and we're actually happy that we think those thoughts like oh that is the thinking of the redeemed hallelujah and there's other times and other thought patterns we have where you're like, it's like wow I can't believe I still I still struggle with that I can't believe I I still have those thoughts that come up I, I don't I don't understand well well thank you Jesus that I don't often fall in that way I'm hitting deep here tonight I know okay And we're very thankful that that is not that is not our everyday thinking. If that was our everyday thinking, we would know we have a problem. But because it's something that just recurs occasionally, sometimes, you know, every few weeks, maybe once a month or two. We think, okay, that's, that's out there. And so, you know, I just, I've just got to figure out a way how to, how to kind of deal with this and keep myself busy so I don't fall prey to this. There's demonic activity in your life and the purpose of this message is to expose it for what it is so it can be dealt with and done so it can be dealt with and done and so the enemy 
He keeps bringing back a pattern. And this can be a thought pattern, and it can be something that, that is, a, is a pattern. It starts with your thinking. And, and anybody who's been in ministry for any period of all, you've dealt with people that have patterns in their lives. Patterns. And you can almost set your, set your calendar by them. This person, you know, they're doing okay, but in about three months, you know, boop, there we go. You know, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. Why is it? Is it just that, you know, they, they, just, they just need somebody to always monitor them? Always, okay, you know, is it going to help because I'm a pastor, and so I, I put on, I put in my, and I have a lot of reminders on my phone for things. I have a reminder that comes up two times a day for my wife. It reminds me, stop and pray for her. And so, and it comes up, it comes up at 11 o'clock every day and at 8 p.m. Just to remind me to do that. But if I saw a pattern of somebody, and I would say, okay, you know what? Every, every eight weeks, this happens, and I see this pattern, and I've been helping them. And so, I, I've got, and let's just say, so, this is, it's Katie, not my wife, it's another Katie. And... Um, and so I, I have it on here and it pops up. And so, okay, because I'm a good pastor, I know you're getting ready to go into this, into this thing and you're getting ready to have another ordeal and this is going to take a lot of my time as a pastor. To save me time as a pastor, I'm going to call you up in advance and say, hey, I just want to tell you something. I'm here to help you. And so, listen, um, let's do something. Or come over, let's have a prayer meeting. Or, or let, you know, you need to get involved in this activity we've got. I've got to get you past this hump. I'm part of the problem then. Because I've kept the person from identifying the problem, dealing with it, and rooting it out of their life. And so we've got a lot of shepherds who help people through the attack. Instead of saying, hey, stupid sheep, look, that's a wolf. You don't play with the wolf. It puts on a costume, and it makes a sound. It goes, <laughs> if that furry-looking sheep starts growling at you, no, it's not a sheep. But I will help you walk through the attack. You've only lost one leg and a spleen so far. <laughs> Trying to keep you from losing another leg of lamb. <laughs> and sometimes we'll nurse Christians through the attacks. When they get to heaven, I think sometimes, you know, God's going to look at them and go like, my God, what happened to you? <laughs> I thought you were under Pastor Todd's care. Like, ah! <laughs> Night of the Living Dead. They're like, you know, like a zombie, you know. What happened to you? Well, Pastor Trod tried to help me and everything like that. Well, did you know that a demon was attacking you all? No, no. It was just a test and a trial. 
Well, looks like you failed a lot. Big old hunks of skin exposed because your wool got pulled out and, you know, got bear patches. <laughs> and this is not a demonic attack. You know? <laughs> Pastor Kai's is. Now, that's, that's more like what it would be like. Just takes it all away. strongholds, you've heard us talk about reasonings. And we've told you, anytime the enemy can draw you into the realm of reasoning, he will whip your tail. Never get into the realm of reasoning with the enemy, because that is a stronghold. And you don't have, you don't have the ability to win in that realm. That's not your realm to get into. You bring things over into the realm of the spirit. Not the realm of the mind. The realm of the soulless realm, that's, that's not it. And so Christians, they can be oppressed by demons and they, and, they, and they occupy these thought patterns that are not submitted to Christ at all. And if those, especially if those thought patterns are defended by us because of false doctrines, or like self-deception. Oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. You ever talk to a believer and you know they're going through hell? You say, hey, what's going on with you? I'm fine. <laughs> you don't look fine. You don't sound fine. You look like hell. You ever, you ever seen that? I mean, like, my God, you know, it's like, is everything okay in your life? It's my wife. I was like, is she like the devil's sister or something? I mean, it's like, what's going on? But if we always try to blame it on something else, instead of saying, you know, it's, it's, actually, it's actually me. And I need, I need some things to change inside of me. And if you, if you think, well, I don't need to change, that person needs to change. Or this situation needs to change. It's... it's this thing here, it's not me. Because we can kind of always defend ourselves. And then we think, it's, I'm okay. Because it's that problem, it's that person. It's always something else. If it's always something else, you'll never get free. You'll never, ever get free. If you point to something else. Until you say, Lord, right here, it's me. I'm the one that keeps having the issue, Lord. You know, if we talk to, if we talk to a person and, and you know, and we, we, we 
you know, say, hey, you know, let, let us get together with you and let us, let us minister to you. And, you know, we're, we're ministering to them and everything like that. They've got a situation. We talk with them. Oh, yes, it's this, it's this, it's this. And then, you know, a few months later, you know, something similar occurs. We pull them aside. And it's going, oh, no, now it's, it's that person there. That's going, oh, but it's, a, it's the same type of thing. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, but it's, it's this here now. And then a few months later, okay, it's another situation. It's like another chapter, same book. <laughs> Pointing at somebody else. Fourth time, another long chapter. The law of common denominators. <laughs> you know, you just happen to be the one person that keeps showing up in every stinking chapter. <laughs> it's the same weapon being used, and it's always being used against you, but you're there. Who keeps bringing the weapon? I think you carry the weapon with you into every conflict. Hand it to the person and say, kill me! (laughs) Why do you keep doing this to yourself? No, this is a good question. Because it happens so often in the body of Christ. I mean... They're just countless, countless times we, we've dealt with things. And, and the enemy wants you to realize that if there's something that you're carrying that is outside of the bounds of the Word of God, that you know this shouldn't be a part of my life. But you have, as I said earlier, sympathetic thoughts towards evil. It could be if my, uh, if my dad, which, and you know, he was a born again, spirit filled minister of the gospel. Okay. And so this was not part of him, but I'm just using this illustration here. But if he were a 32nd degree Mason, and he were to have said to me, you know what, hey, you know what, as I'm passing on to you, I have a, I have a very special ring that I want to put on your hand. I want to give this to you, and I have a book that I want you to have, and, and uh, this box of things, you can't open it, but just keep it. And I knew what he was involved in, and I knew, you know, this isn't good. But you know what? Because it's dad. And I love my dad, and I honor my dad. I'll take what he gave me. And I'll say, Lord, help me. Even I'm taking this on, Lord. Help me with this. No, no, no. I'm delving in things that are demonic. And I don't, and I don't, when I'm referring to Masonic stuff, I'm not referring to the, uh, Masonic stuff as demonic by accident. Right. 
That was full intent. <laughs> Demonic to the core. Don't be involved in it. Get out of it. If you're a mason, if you're an eastern star, if you're in rainbows or whatever else they've got, demolay for the boys. Get away from it. Destroy everything that has to do with it. But if I'm sympathetic towards evil, I cannot be free from it ever. I can't be free from something that I allow, even if nobody else knows about it. I kind of cover it. This is okay. I've got to, I've got to deal with this. No, not at all. Because what actually is happening is you're in rebellion towards God. And if you're in rebellion towards God, it gives a place for the enemy to work in your life. Amen? Satan feeds on sin. And when the Holy Spirit says, no, no, that doesn't belong in the life of a believer, you have to, right then, get rid of it. Deal with it. And so, as I gave that example, a lot of people are thinking of physical things, but I'm actually dealing actually the root core of things with thought patterns that we don't get rid of because we think, you know, one day when I'm kind of relaxed, I, I kind of like to go there in my thoughts. I kind of like to think about this. I don't want to put it away because sometimes, you know, I just don't feel like thinking Christian. And I'm just looking back at the clock, not looking at anybody. As it flashes from time to date, from time to date, from time to date. And 81 degrees outside. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it might be in here. Hallelujah. Wherever there is a habit of sin in the believer's life, a habit of sin in the believer's life, you can expect to find demonic activity. Wherever there is a habit of sin in a believer's life, you can expect to find demonic activity in those places there. Because that sin habit, very often, it becomes the dwelling place of a, where, where a spirit dwells. And, 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 where, and it robs the believer of power. It robs the believer of joy. They have times where, you know, you see a believer and they're doing so well and then you wonder what happened between Sunday and Wednesday? What happened? Because now I look at you and you're just like totally defeated. How can that be in your life? Except there's some, something that, that the enemy has found a way to lodge in that he can work against you. And the Holy Spirit wants you to be aware of, hey, this is something that the devil's involved in. That habitation in that thought pattern, that habit is a stronghold. 
that habit or habitation is a stronghold. Hey, this is Dr. Todd Holmes, and I want to thank you for listening to this podcast, whether it was myself or my amazing wife, Katie, maybe the two of us together. If you want to be more than just an occasional listener and desire to really stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to this generation, go to riveroftricities.com. That's riveroftricities.com and click on donate to be a part of the last day's army of monthly partners that we're taking ground with. If you'd like to do that, I would like to send you a special gift for partnering with us. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. God bless you.